welcome to Debutantes and Debauchery. You forgot to say hi! Oh. <laughs> hi, and welcome to Debutantes and Debauchery. My name is Michelle. And I'm Raina. This is not our proper opening. What is our <laughs> You forgot <laughs> the whole description of our- Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Let's just roll with it. Welcome to Debutantes and Debauchery, a book discussion podcast where two best friends get together to drink tea and talk about YA novels. And today we're drinking iced tea. You didn't introduce yourself. I already said I was Raina. Oh. Today we're drinking iced tea because it's really, really hot. It's so hot. Heat wave. Yeah. Today we're reading The Girl... Or... To- <laughs> today... Today we're discussing The Girls I've Been by Tess Sharp. It's a YA thriller about a daughter, a girl who is the daughter of a con artist who has left that life, but she gets caught up in a bank heist and then things happen. Yes. Trigger warnings for, we might possibly discuss child abuse, domestic domestic abuse, abuse. (laughs) on the same page, (laughs) um, murder, torture, Torture. There's this one guy. There's this one part where a guy gets stabbed by a pair of scissors. Mm-hmm. Um, arson. Is that a trigger one? I mean, I guess someone. Thanks for spitting <laughs> that ice cube back into your drink. I don't like chewing on ice cubes. Um, that's all I can think of. Mostly like child abuse and domestic abuse. Yeah. Like biggie. Yeah. Hey, editing Raina here, just to say that we forgot to add trigger warnings for child molestation and pedophilia. And with murder. We said murder. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) General violence. Yeah. Um. Can you, like, edit this to make me sound smarter? No. I will edit it to make you sound stupider. (laughs) I will take all of the ums and ahs from, like, the whole episode and just put them in the beginning. And pretend that you're saying But then you're wasting them all on one spot when I'm just normally going to be saying them, like, interspersed. Hmm. It'll be funnier in one spot. You right. Anyway, um, yeah. Our, like, the trigger warnings are always just sort of generally for the book. We might not discuss, like, everything, you know? Yeah. It's always, like, just general. Yeah. I mean, we're probably going to discuss child abuse. Yeah. It's, like, a major part of the book. Okay, shall we get into it? Yeah. What'd you think? I liked it. Same. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It's probably one of the fa- my favorites that I've read for the podcast. Nice. Like, it's not number one, but it's up there. Yeah. Um, her mom gave me real Not Even Bones vibes. The, it, the book itself gave me Not Even Bones vibes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a good thing, mm-hmm. because we love Not Even Bones. And even their names were similar. I don't know. Nora and Nita. Yeah. So, like, yeah. What? <laughs> there was a little drip of water that just hit the bed and went the... <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the strong part, the strong point of this book to me was the characters. Um, I liked all of their backstories and I like how little things got revealed and the, um, you know. No, I don't. The flashbacks. The flashbacks, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. The flashbacks to, um... The girl she's been. And uh, I also, we talked about this for Not Even Bones too, but the contained setting of it. Yeah. Yes. And trying to get out of it. Yes. 
And being diabolical about it. Yes. Very Not Even Bones. It is very Not Even Bones. Um, I love, that was one of my favorite parts, was the contained setting. Like, I was already excited because I figured it was going to be like that, because, you know, bank heist. Yeah. It's a contained setting, and also a bank heist. Like, even though it wasn't really about the bank heist, you know? Mm. Not, like, not at all. But I do love a contained setting. Did they just want the gold? Yeah. They just wanted the gold. I guess. All those, like, gold bars. Yeah. I was expecting it to be something a little more just, like... So, like, I was expecting the reason they wanted in to be a little more, like... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, not just, oh, they wanted gold. It, I was expecting it to be, like, some kind of dirty secret. Yeah. Hidden down there or something. I mean... There was, like, the part where it said that the um, manager of the bank, like, stole that money from that other guy or something. Yeah. But But it's still, yeah, but, like, yeah, I agree. She insinuated a few times that they were, like, after more than money. Mm Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is, is that, like, the bank heist wasn't really the point of the book, you know? It was just sort of, like, the setting for the character, especially, like, Nora herself, and, like, the setting for Nora to... You know, to, like, explore Nora and her backstory and what she's capable of. And it wasn't really about the heist. Yeah. You know? Which I liked. Yeah. Not a complaint. I didn't mind that. Yeah. I I just think it's funny that, like, um, these two losers don't even get to be the main characters in their own bank heist. I know. <laughs> Sorry, guys. There's, like, a mob boss's daughter in there. You know? <laughs> You're not special. No. Okay, wh- one thing that I loved that sort of added to the containedness of the setting was the I just loved the um the times and the assets. Yes. Like the lists of I loved those. Just absolute sucker for that. And the way that they kept like being crossed out and rewritten. Yeah. I really loved. And I loved when it was plan three stab. And then the next chapter was plan three stab and then there was a little a check check mark. mark. That was awesome. I loved all the little plans. I just thought the story, with with all the stuff that was going with it, just that it was, for the most part, really just tightly plotted and really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess that's what I just wanted to say. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that, like, the whole um, narrative of her mother being abusive and then her stepfather being abusive and, um... I really like that the author put in, like, hotlines and resources at the end of the book. And also gave a little note about endometriosis, too. Yes, I liked that, too. Yeah. And I thought Iris having that was interesting and just added to, I don't know, the realism of the setting. I liked Iris a lot. Yeah. She was very fun. Um, I'm not sure how I felt. I sort of have mixed feelings on the whole... Iris is an expert at arson thing. Because, like, on one hand, super cool, awesome, great scene. On the other hand, it felt sort of, like, a little bit, like, too on the nose. You know, like, she has to have... Her girlfriend has to have some way to get them out. So her girlfriend just happens to be, like, wants to be an arson investigator, which is a little bit, like... Yeah. You know? But, like, it's... it's, I'm mostly okay with it, because it made Iris more interesting, and it made for an awesome bomb scene. Yeah. And the character herself, like, I believe that she would be someone who wanted to investigate arson. Mm-hmm. I like all of her dresses and petticoats and stuff. Yes, I like that she just liked wearing vintage clothes. Yeah. 
But the endometriitis was great because, and it also just added, you know, it added something else on top of the whole girl uses period to confuse and befuddle guy so she can defeat him, you know? Yeah. It just like added a second layer onto that and it made yeah. it more realistic. Yeah. And also, I feel like if I was a guy who felt queasy about periods, I would be even more grossed out by someone saying they need to empty their cup than change their tampon, you know? Like, hell yeah! <laughs> so hot. It's so hot. I have cooled down significantly since taking off my shirt. Maybe you should just put on a bra and take off your shirt. <laughs> you should keep that in the book. Sure. <laughs> Listeners, I'm only wearing a bra. <laughs> and I'm not I'm only wearing a shirt. Alright. What did you think of Wes? I liked Wes. I liked many things about Wes. I liked that in some ways he was kind of like... Like, he honestly didn't do much. But, like, he played the emotional role, you know? He was constantly asking them to talk about their feelings and, like, encouraging, like, Nora to tell tell us things about herself. And, you know, and I liked that. I liked that they were getting... Genius! (laughs) Michelle... (laughs) Michelle... (laughs) Michelle has decided... To put her glass with iced tea in it inside her bra. It's a modern day cup holder. And it's cool. Like temperature wise. Yeah. Not like... <laughs> like a cool idea, bro. Anyway, yeah, I like that he was the emotional support, sort of, while yeah. Iris and Nora were getting shit done. Yeah. Modern problems require modern solutions. Yes. <clears throat> and what was the other thing? I liked that, um, I really liked that he and Nora were still friends. After breaking up, yeah, I like that he was like their family. Yeah, when they like talked about how he like lived in their house basically, and he had a room there, and like okay, my one of my favorite parts was when her sister started like freaking out because like the fire and everything, and she said, "My kids are in there." Yeah, I'm like, oh, I loved Lee. I loved Lee too. She's just the best. I know. And I liked that Wes and Nora were not only still friends, but also the book, like, made it clear that Nora was, like, bi, you know? And it yeah. wasn't that she had, you know, moved on to a girl and just, you know, she yeah. was she was bi, and that was good. I mean, yeah, and she even literally said, like, in the book, that yeah. she's bisexual. I liked that. She was like, no, this character is bisexual, and I'm here for that. The only thing that kind of bothered me about Wes is, um... Like, especially in the beginning of the book, they really, like, hyped up this giant fight that they had where he found out about her, like, not being who she said she was. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't, like, a lot of sympathy in it. Like, sympathy... As in, let's say that you told me I'm not who I've said I was all these years. My name is actually different. I wouldn't be like, I don't even know you anymore. I'd be like, why? And then you'd be like, my mom is super fucked up. And instead of getting angry about you about it, I would say, that really fucking sucks. Yeah, I guess that whole trope I've never really understood of like, you know, people are friends and then one of them gets revealed they actually have this super dark backstory and so they're lying to their friend. But like, is it though? She's, I mean like... Basically in witness protection without the actual protection. Yeah. 
And also, they haven't even known each other for that long. She hasn't lived there, like, for... Wait, or, I think or she has said she? Five years. Okay, I get... Four, four, three, something like that. I guess that. that is a while. I mean, it's a while, but maybe we should let Sophia... I agree with that. Like, I, I mean, I'm not saying that I, I would be completely okay with it. Like, I don't know. It, it just felt like he didn't deserve to be that angry about it. When she came from such a fucked up situation, and he was supposed to be like, like you said, like the emotional one, who's like understanding and sympathetic, mm-hmm. and they like weren't even friends for a while because of it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm trying to think about whether I would feel like you know betrayed that like we they were because they were supposedly such really good friends and they were dating. Yeah. And she didn't want to tell him, but also she hadn't told anybody else. You know? Yeah. I would have been, like, if I was Iris, I maybe would have been a little bit more upset because, you know, you told your past, you know, partner, but she hadn't told, actually, she didn't tell her past partner he found, you know? (laughs) But. But she had only been dating Iris for, like, a month or two. Yeah. Um, So, I guess I would have, I don't know. I can't say exactly what I would have done, but I feel like I would have been more upset if, like, I found out, but she had already told, like, other people, you know? That would have been more fucked (laughs) up. Just spreading the word on the street like this is a fake name. <laughs> my father is hunting me down. He wants my head. I'm just spreading that around and then you find out through someone else. Did she say her real name? Because I couldn't remember what it is. I think it's Natalie. Right, Natalie. It's like I'm in a womb again, except it's dry. Heat waves. <laughs> heat, heat. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. that. So I have, I have two somewhat major gripes about the book. That was one of them. And then my other one was that the the whole ending bit with, like, her visiting her mom in prison and, like, I don't know, all of that just felt really tacked on to the end. It felt like it didn't really have its place in the book. I see what you mean. Yeah. It felt disjointed from the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Because, like, literally, I had, like, 50 pages left. And she had just, like, gotten away from the guy or whatever. And I was thinking, when it, it started on all that other stuff about, like, the secrets from her dad and, like, using it to blackmail him, I was just like, oh, is there going to be a second book? And then it just ended in, like, 30 pages. Yeah, I did think maybe it was, like, ramping up for a sequel. And there, I, I'm not sure if there's... I, I didn't see anything about there was going to be a sequel, but it also just came out, so, like... Yeah. Maybe there will be one. Because... Yeah, it did kind of feel like there might be a sequel. I mean, it's kind of unfinished. Her her stepdad is out there, and even if she threatened, you know. Yeah. I don't really want there to be a sequel. Yeah, it was good by itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did find it interesting about the ending that, you know, some... Like, they did talk about how, like, they managed to do that without Lee finding out, but I still find it odd that she managed to buy a ticket, fly to this other place, visit her mom in prison, and then fly back without Lee finding out. That just seems odd. Yeah. It sounded like the flight was only a couple of hours long, though. Oh, right. Yeah. But Lee be Doable, Lee. but difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I get what you mean. It didn't bother me when I was reading it, but I get mm. what you mean. I read it, and I'm like... The entire time I was like, what is he so mad about? Like, what could her secret be that he's so mad about? Because she didn't seem like the, like, backstabbing type to me. So I was like, what's going on? But then they're okay living together, and then it was like, 
oh, all these secret identities. I've been molested. Oh, molestation trigger warning. Oh, God. I'll just go and edit that in. <laughs> um, she's like, I've been molested. I've stolen a ton of money from a ton of people. My brother is a con artist who's forced me to take on all these different faces. And I didn't tell you over the last three years. And he was like, that is it. Yeah. <laughs> just bothers me a little bit. But, you know, it's okay. I get that they needed the drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Needed it to be like, ooh, what did she do? You know what was interesting? Was that they sort of hyped up um, for a lot of the book the whole thing about Ashley. Ashley Keen. Yeah. You know, the, like, did she exist? Did she not exist? Like daughter of this guy and they made it out that she did absolutely horrible things and then it got to it and the horrible thing was that she cut off his finger and i'm like okay i could see that coming a mile away yeah also i did predict that the cutting of the finger um not that it was hard to predict um um but it's just interesting that that was the i thought it would be something bigger you know yeah than cutting off his finger boo hoo hoo you lost your finger okay but to be fair she was like 12 Still. Like, if a, if a 12-year-old cut off my finger, that would be absolutely terrifying. I'm already slightly scared of 12-year-olds just because they have the tendency to be really mean, but, like, without realizing that they're being really mean, which somehow makes it worse. And that, like, cutting off my finger, is that's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing that I loved about the book and what also made me think of Not Even Bones, besides... Sort of adding into the contained setting was that also I found this book pretty smart yeah. with the details. Particularly, I loved the detail that she turned her clothes inside out before traveling to the dusty vent because that was awesome. Like, yeah. that's something you wouldn't need to add into a book because you, as the readers could overlook that, you know? Mm-hmm. They might not think about all the dust, but like, I love it when they add details like that. Yeah. And the one about when they were in the bathroom... And Iris was like, I didn't flush, so he wouldn't think we're done. I also liked that. Yeah. Just details that you don't have to add into a book because they don't, like, make a plot hole. But, like, they're just good. And you notice when they're in there. It adds to the immersion. It makes it it more realistic. It does. Makes it feel like the book was thought out. Yes. Although nothing will ever beat Not Even Bones. The Turning off her vocal cords. Yeah. That's just... I mean, not turning off... Yeah, turning off her vocal cords. Yeah. Like, severing them so she couldn't scream. It's just... I love it. Oh. So good. I also liked... Well, I kind of had... Mm, I, don't, I don't know how to phrase what I'm thinking. But uh, Dwayne being, like... It starts off and Dwayne is supposed to be, like, this horrible guy. But then you're, like, reading about her life. And you're reading about the mother and father. And you're, like, compared to the mother and father... Dwayne... He's still a horrible person, but, like... Not even that bad, though. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how to phrase what I'm thinking. Like, the whole, like, feminism message here, I'm not entirely sure what it's supposed to be. <laughs> is it supposed to be a feminist message? I feel like it is. I don't know. Because they make a lot of points about, like, um, she says a lot of things, like, she makes a few broad statements about men. It's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure it was supposed to be a feminism message because, like, her mom was pretty awful, you know. Yeah. 
And it's not like... It's not like her mom started being awful after she started getting abused by, like, partners, you know? Yeah. Her mom just wasn't a great person. Um, I'm not sure. I just, I guess I feel like I just didn't pick up on a feminist message. I'm not sure what the message was. Um, maybe, like... I wrote down one of the examples. Okay. I have here. There was definitely a little bit of, like, a girl power sort of thing, but... It didn't make me cringe. Like, some girl, like, you know, like, the meme of, like, do you think Margaret Thatcher has girl power? (laughs) Yes! Do you think she utilized that girl power by, I don't remember exactly what he said, but, you know, do you think, do you think Nora's mom had girl power by scamming all of these rich and awful guys? Yes! Do you think she effectively utilized that girl (laughs) power by abusing her daughter? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Um... But it was just, like, little things like, uh, men like him love feeling smarter than people, and they already know they're smarter than teenage girls, of course. Practically everyone thinks they're smarter than a teenage girl. It's what makes being one so powerful, if you know how to use that giant mistake of an assumption. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Yeah. I, I agree. I'm not sure what I'm trying to say. More like, I agree that there was definitely, like, that undercurrent of, like, I thought maybe it was just sort of, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's hot. It's really, really hot. <laughs> Two people try to discuss a book when neither of them knows what they're trying to say. Listeners, you know, right? You just know. You get it. You know. You know? You know? Like, it's like girl power feminism, but like not exactly. But not as the focus. The main message of this book isn't feminism. But it's definitely like an undercurrent. There was like, or maybe just like, you know, her growing up, like being surrounded by men who underestimated her and then defeating them and, you know. See, that's feminism to me. I don't know. I mean, feminism is technically just the belief that men and women should be equal. (laughs) Yes. But I'm saying it's feminism from the perspective that if you take that as a broad idea, the idea is even if people tell you that you're not as much because you're a girl or because you're a teenager... You can still prove them wrong. You can use that, or in this case, it's you can use that as a weapon against them. You can still cut their fingers off. You can still cut their fingers off. I see what you mean. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I also like that she went to therapy. Yeah. The only other book where the main character went to therapy was Let's Talk About Love. Mm Mm-hmm. And that one wasn't our favorite. It was not. It was nice reading. Man, Nita from Knife and Bones could have really, really, she, she could have used therapy. Could have used therapy. The therapist wouldn't have known what, like, she's beyond therapy. <laughs> <laughs> she is beyond, she, she's beyond therapy. Maybe a little bit. Maybe. It would have to be, like, a really special kind of therapist, though. Yeah. Like, they would have probably also have to be an unnatural. Yeah. Anyway, this this episode isn't about that book. Yeah, but you know, we're naturally gonna, like, we always, I feel like in every episode, we make at least a couple references to books we've read before. Yeah. I really liked how, um, the way that it was written, she'd be saying something that she learned from being that girl, and then she'd put in the parentheses, like, but now I've learned through therapy that that was horrible and wrong, and... Actually, this is what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then it'll continue on. Like, she was catching herself when she was thinking back on it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. 
Nothing like the use of parentheses in Let's Talk About Love. (laughs) Nothing like that. Actual good use of parentheses. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Ooh, I don't know if this is related. This This isn't related to feminism. It's more related to... Okay, it kind of is, but it's more related to, like, details. This is, like, a really small thing that I liked. I liked when, at the very end of the book, they had just sort of, like, got the upper hand on Dwayne in the barn, and he said something nasty, and then Iris said, like, shut up, and then she burst into tears. And I liked that, you know? Because that's, I don't know, it adds to the sort of, like, my feeling of, like, girl power book, but, like, not in the cringy way, you know? Yeah. Because, like, that's realistic. She's going through this absolutely horrible or- ordeal, and she's still, like, snapping she's, back at she's him, She's on know? her period. She has endometriosis. She's been off of her medication. She made it through this entire ordeal. I, too, would break down crying immediately Yeah, you know? After. Like, she can, like, be snarky and talk back to him, and they just beat him, and but she still bursts into tears, you know? I really liked... This is also, like, really small detail that you may or may not have noticed. Um... And I didn't write down the page number of the first one, but in the beginning of the book, like, the very first chapter, she says, I'm not a victim, I'm, I'm a survivor. Mm-hmm. And then later in the book, there is a flashback to um, something that her, yeah, something that her sister is saying. Um, this is when she's peeking through the door to listen to Amelia have, or Lee have a conversation with Agent North. And, um... She says, stop implying that my sister is dangerous, isn't she? My sister, Amelia says, just as slow but twice as dangerous, is a victim of domestic violence and sexual abuse at the hands of the men our mother brought around her, and she has been psychologically abused by the only parent she's ever known. It is my job to give her the safety and space and whatever else she needs to become a survivor. So if you continue with your victim-blaming bullshit, when she left that, let that fucker live after he spent the better part of two years terrorizing beating her, I swear to God, you're going... To back your, uh, I swear to God, you're going back to, oh my God, I swear to God, you're gonna go back to your higher ups with nothing. And I just really liked it that she quotes her sister in the very beginning, saying, "I'm not a victim, I'm a survivor." And yeah. I, I read that and I was like, "They love each other." I know, that was good. There was also like little social commentaries that I really like, um, that especially when I first started to read the book sort of surprised me. Should I try and edit out all of the clinking, clinking of our ice? It's ASMR. <laughs> they're talking about the fact that they're in there during a bank robbery. And um, Nora is narrating, uh, kids like her, they're not trained for bank robberies. Kids like her, they're trained for school shootings. Run, hide, fight. We all know the drill. We've all thought about it. We have to. Who will you be if it comes down to it? No shame in running. No judgment in hiding. Nothing but fear in fighting. Yeah, that was really, really sad. I liked her, her like, little plan to get into the... To basically get out of the office when she'd been in there, you know? To, like, kick the office chair away as she goes back into the vent. I liked that. I really liked that, too. Also, I kept waiting for, like the keys to come in, you know? Because, like, the whole time they were, like, sitting there, like, assets. Yeah. And they didn't really come in, you know, until the very end when she just walked in and stole it. (laughs) You know? (laughs) She makes it look so easy. (laughs) This note was very sad. That was my note. I think it was just the, like, when her sister came and rescued her, um, she asked her what, 
she knows like what she'll, she's like I gotta know what I owe you and her sister gave a little speech about you know I'm your sister you don't owe me we're on even ground and then um she says I don't know how to be on even ground yeah <laughs> that made me sad I mean everything about the flashbacks was pretty darn sad and upsetting because oh. an interesting like mirror because it would switch between her at the bank robbery where she's being like suave and she's trying to calm these guys she's trying to figure out a way out and then like the next chapter it would be i don't know how to be on even ground Mm -hmm. and just super sad and it it didn't paint her like when she was acting it didn't paint her as being broken but then, when, especially when she's talking about her therapy sessions and stuff, it was like, by the way, all of this is fucked up. It was just really refreshing, because you don't see a lot of that in the book. Mm-hmm. There's one other book that I can compare it to, is um, In Other Lands by Sarah Breeze Brennan, something like that. Where, like, they go to war and it's in a fantasy land and it's, like, actually fucked up. And it actually fucks people up. You don't get a lot of that in books. Usually it's like, I stabbed out this guy's eye, but it was for everybody's betterment, so it was okay, and it's not going to haunt me in my nightmares. (laughs) You want to know a fun fact that I thought was absolutely hilarious? Um, So you know the TV show Leverage that I enjoy, although I haven't actually finished it yet because I got kind of bored in season three. I'll edit that out. I'm just... (laughs) Anyway. um, The author has definitely watched Leverage because... Um, her mom, when they revealed her mom's real name, um, I don't remember the first name, but the last name was Devereaux. That is the name of the grifter in Leverage. She literally said, um, I wrote down the page because she, it was like so obvious, like in a, in a a funny way. Like if you had watched Leverage, you would like definitely see it. Um, Abigail Devereaux, AKA the queen of grift. That's literally that the, the grifter is named Sophie Devereaux in Leverage and she's always called like the absolute you know she's I'm not sure if they ever call her the queen of the grift but like she's like a really good grifter I don't know that was just funny and she uses the word leverage like several times yeah. so I'm like I see you I know you watch Leverage yeah that's funny it was there was one part that kind of confused me where the mom is talking about um I'll just read the quote because I don't even I don't even know bro it's probably something really obvious, and you're going to be like, oh, this is what she meant, and I'll be like, oh, okay. That's okay. That's happened before when I say I don't understand something, and you are like, actually. Yeah, like, all the time. <laughs> and that's why I seem smart, and you seem stupid. <laughs> um, what happened to your sister when I was still honing the con is a lot worse than what happened to you. I tried to keep her safe. I thought I had it under control, that they'd never get close enough to dot dot dot. She shakes her head like she's trying to shake it off. If you want the details, I'll give them, but all it'll do is make you damn grateful I learned from my mistakes and adjusted the con before you came along so the marks were criminals. Instead of what? She's silent. What were the marks before? But I know. I know. I don't want to, but of course I do. I don't know what that means. What are they? That I'm- can I see where is it exactly? I'm not sure. Maybe she picked- maybe she means like instead of being criminal guys- she picked, like, pedophile guys? 
I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not sure what that means. Do pedophiles have a lot of money to steal? Yeah, I don't I don't know what that means because it couldn't have been normal guys. That doesn't really make sense because I don't think normal guys are more likely to be pedophiles than criminals. <laughs> okay, so it's not just me. I didn't, like, register that when I was reading. I don't remember if I thought... what. Because I read that part and it said, like, but I know, I know, I don't want to, but of course I do. And I was like, am I missing something really obvious here? Are we missing something really obvious? I don't know. <laughs> if we're missing something really obvious, please send us an email at debutons.ian.debatri at gmail.com. Yeah. Or tweet us. Or tweet us. I think that's our email. Or is it just debutons and debut- No, I think there's dots in it. <laughs> we didn't write a script for this episode. <laughs> we didn't. Our opening was from memory, and you, can, you can yeah, tell. You couldn't tell. You couldn't tell at all. It was flawless. Yeah. It was perfect. But you can just tweet us at debutantpod. Please tweet us. No one tweets us. Please tweet no us. No one tweets us. Please tweet us and tell us what she meant. Yeah, tell us how stupid we are. <laughs> Please. I also... Okay, one other thing that... Well, it's not really a big thing, but it slightly annoyed me. They implied for, like, quite a while that... Nora and Iris, or Nora cheated on Wes with Iris. Did they? Yeah. Because it would say, like, Wes walked in on us together, and then we got into a giant fight, and then we broke up. I th- I don't remember. I thought they made it clear, that even at the beginning, that, like, he- they were already broken up. He just didn't know that she was dating Iris. Because, like, all three yeah. of them were friends. Yeah. Maybe they didn't make it clear. I don't know. Maybe I'm only saying that because the, like, the, the summary of the book. Makes it sound like that. Yeah. Yeah. It says her ex walked in on her with. Oh, her ex walked in on her and her girlfriend, even though they're all friends. Weston know about her and Iris. Okay. Yeah, it, yeah. Does it does say ex. Okay. That. You know what's interesting? Did you notice there's a typo in the blurb? No. I actually just glanced at it and that oh. reminded me of it. It's Wait, sad. let me see if I can find it. I mean, less of a typo and more of a grammatical error. Do you call grammatical errors typos? I consider anything that's, like, wrong to be a typo. Um, it's... Right there! Uh, number three, right after they enter bank, two guys start robbing it. <laughs> <laughs> They're missing a the. It yeah. bothered me. Because <laughs> that's, like, a big thing. I, th- I, I think I remember it being in, like, the Goodreads description, too. Or maybe I wasn't... Or maybe I'm going insane. But, like, I thought that I saw the typo... Was also this is like such a stupid thing to be talking about in the <laughs> podcast, but like this is important to me. Yeah, I didn't notice that before, so I'm gonna give it three stars. <laughs> I'll go back and change mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Even in the Goodreads description, right after they enter bank. <laughs> I think that's funny. That I don't know. That's just it's a big thing to miss. I always love it when I find typos in books because I'm just like. Ooh, I'm smarter than the editor. <laughs> <laughs> or like it went, you know, you know, must you know it went through like so many layers of like yeah. editors and you know, um, and it made it through. Yeah, that's a survivor typo. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big one to survive. A whole missing word. I know, that applies to all of us. <laughs> um, one like pretty much my last note. Um, because I don't have anything else at this moment to talk about, was what do you think would have happened at the bank heist if they hadn't interfered? If they had just gone along with it and not, like, tried to help? Do you mean, like, Nora hadn't... 
As in, like, no, they, they they just acted like all the other hostages. Yeah. You know? Um, they probably all would have gotten shot. <laughs> that wouldn't have been helpful. Like, the bank robbers, that wouldn't have helped anything if they had shot all of the hostages. Okay, well, so what would have happened is they would have figured out that the little girl is that guy's daughter. How would they figure it out, though? Because they would have been like, and what's your name, little girl? And she would have said, my daddy is the bank <laughs> They figured it out from the teller uh-huh. afterwards, and then he was mad. So I figure eventually they would have figured it out. Do you think that her dad, the bank manager, was actually in the hospital? Or do you think Lee was lying the whole time? Because he never found that out. I think he was actually in the hospital. Because I don't think they would have just... Played chicken with the bank robbers? Yeah, when, like, you sh- Nora's yeah. passing her notes, being like, I'm in here. Yeah. Yeah, so I think they would have found out that she's the bank robber, the bank manager's daughter, and then they would have been like, "Give us the bank man, the bank manager, and we'll give you the kid, or or give us the keys, or whatever." Yeah, and then they would have gotten angry when they said no, and then they would have been like, "We're gonna start shooting hostages," and then they would have shot like three, because probably the gray cap guy would have shot one, and then the red cap guy would have gotten like spooked at the noise, and he would have shot two more. <laughs> And then, like, Iris would have talked about her period and her endometriosis and then gotten shot next, probably. Oh. Yeah. Actually, Wes probably would have gotten shot first. And then they would have, I don't know, done something really dumb trying to get out of the bank. (laughs) What do you think would have happened? I don't know. I didn't really have an answer. I was just kind of curious. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, I don't have anything left to discuss. It was a good book. It was a really good book. Yeah. Like I said, it ranks pretty high for me. I liked the pacing. Yes. And it was a lot of fun. We need to, like, seek out more books that have those awesome contained settings. I never realized how draining it is to read a book that's, like, set across, like, multiple countries. Like the Not Even Bones sequels? (laughs) Exactly like the Not Even Bones sequels. Yeah. It was like, oh, and now we're in Cancun, and I feel like, okay. (laughs) I know. And that wraps up the discussion. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find us, we're on Twitter, at DebbieTauntPod. Did you... (laughs) (laughs) What did you think of the episode? Did you disagree with us? Did you agree? Please, God, one of you, communicate with us. It would be so, like, it would bring me so much joy. I mean, even if you were sending us, like, hate. Yeah. Like, your podcast sucks. Any, any, what, what's the phrase? Like, any press is good press? Yeah. You know? And <laughs> we will frame it. Yeah, and then we'll talk about it on the episode. We'll be like, someone sent us an email. And then we'll be like, you fucking suck. Like, yay! yay! Um, send us an email. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> It's too hot for this. If you would like to send us an email, just look in the description of this episode. Our email address is there. Also, it's in every other episode. We say the perfect email address. Just fast forward to the end of any other episode and listen to it there. Or just look in the description. It is so hot. So hot. I don't know what book we're reading next. (laughs) Next time, we'll be reading The Bone Season by Samantha Shannon. That episode will be coming out in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
Do we say anything else? Yeah, we say thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next one. Thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next one. Mm, Outro music.